So the stories I'm writing are a memoir about my life, how I came to be a midwife, and now about the patients I'm taking care of and who I am to them and what they are to me. Hi, this is Stephanie Fowler. And this is Tony Russo. And you're listening to another episode of So What's Your Story? A podcast in which we talk to authors and writers about their writing, the stories behind the story, the writing process, and any other sort of miscellaneous writing stuff that we want to talk about. Today on the podcast, we have author Carrie Keene, who has published several of her works with Devil's Party Press. Her recent memoir piece called Foraging Through the Offing was part of the Aurora Anthology, which was published in August of 2018 and featured works inspired by nature. In her piece, she takes the reader on a beachcombing trip in which she weaves a story about saltwater, Gandhi, and bunt cakes. So welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Thank you. I'm delighted to have you here. Um, and, and especially because, um, you know, my sort of bread and butter has sort of over the past couple of years become memoir. So I'm delighted to have another memoirist on the, on the podcast. And I was just going to ask, it's sort of, I guess, sort of generally, like, what is it about memoir that sort of speaks to you? Well, I would say that as a journalism um, major in college, I started to realize that it's true that fact is stranger than fiction. And the true stories that I find I have to tell are really extraordinary stories and um, become part of legend. And maybe writing it down makes it more permanent. Um, I guess I do have some reserves about writing memoir as well because this is all truth. Right. And it's scary to reveal the truth on paper and keep it permanent. But I think that people relate to it um, and learn from it and feel comforted by other people's stories. reality and stories. Well, the, uh, the thing that I, I always get a kick out of about memoir is that you also get to hold up a moment and look at it from a bunch of different angles. You know, you don't have to just have it happen and say, I went in the store and I bought some milk. And I went home. You know, you can you can do these like studies of these rooms or these studies of these situations, mm -hmm. and really kind of, in retrospect, m mine them for what was really going on that maybe you're only realizing as you're as you're getting to putting it down. Exactly. There's perspective in every story, and if the same person was the witness to the same, if if multiple people were witness to the same story, they would tell it differently. Right. That's what's so beautiful. Um, and it reminds me of a class I took at grad school where we were in the British Yale Art Museum. And our teacher, a nursing professor, had us look at paintings of very old um, British war paintings. And to say, look at this painting. What does it reveal to you? What do you see from this painting? And every one of us had a different story from that painting. Right. And I kind of look at memoir like that, especially in my field of midwifery, where I go into a patient's room and I'm getting a story out of their scene. It may be very different from the story they would tell of themselves. And the story that they were telling themselves when they set up the room and they invited you over and all of those things. Right. And my question in writing memoir is why... Am I the storyteller? Why am I the narrator of my own story and everybody else's in my life? I don't understand my 
role as the character necessarily. I'm just writing it down. Mm. I think that's one of the things about nonfiction and memoir that sort of speaks to me is I've always seen writing as my way to understand the world around me. And so something I may have an experience and maybe I'm not sure how I feel about it or I'm conflicted or maybe I'm just full of emotion about whatever that might be. And then once I can commit it to paper, I can kind of work out the perspective. I can work out the problems. I can work out how do I actually feel about this or maybe maybe it's about catharsis. You know, maybe it's about something that I need to kind of pull forward and I feel like you know, in some of what you're saying, I, I'm sort of hearing that sort of resonate as well. Precisely. There is a catharsis in writing and reviewing the past. And putting it down on paper makes you process the reality. Right. Now, you also have to realize that other people are going to see it. And I wonder how that affects your your choices. And increasingly... For instance, when I do an essay, I'm trying to think of not only do I want to tell the reader thing, but I want them to connect with it. And so I might soften something or make it a little bit harder or whatever, but I want to do something to be enticing about it. Not just, it's not just me saying I'm enjoying this writing. It's me saying, I want to show you this thing. And so, but it also, as Stephanie was saying, it'll also kind of alter my opinion of what was going on when I'm writing it because I'm like, well, if, if I just think of it this way, maybe that's not 100% true, but also it's certainly going to alienate people. And I don't want to not tell the truth, but I also don't want to tell the truth in such a way that people find it unpalatable, unpalatable, hard to, hard to swallow. <laughs> and so... And so did, did, did you find that way as you, as you were getting into in memoiring? Most definitely, especially because most of my writing is about my profession. I'm a midwife, and I'm writing the stories of my patients, the women that I care for. Mm. So I have to be very careful because I don't want to insult people, and I don't want to take their story from them. Right. I don't want to insult the culture of midwifery, which is a profession where I'm supposed to be caregiving and I'm not judging, but some of the stories can come across as judgment. And it is true that omission is a lie. So if you leave things out, you're not telling the truth. And I have to step very carefully, tread lightly, not so much with my family in the stories I write about them mm. because I really don't have anything bad to say about those people in my family. So I don't worry so much about what they think when I write it down. Of course, I also realize that all of this is my interpretation, right. but I do have to be careful about the stories I write about my patients because some of it can come across as judgmental. Sure, and I think you, you said something that sort of keyed in my brain a moment ago that you know omission is kind of a lie, and if, if this is memoir and the reader knows that you are telling the story, you want to maintain their trust in you that you're telling the story the right way that you're being truthful that you're carrying this moment that you're holding up and looking for it from different angles that 
you don't want them to realize, oh, well, she's left out this part, and that makes me question what are her, what are, what is the memoirist motives, or why would she leave that out? You know, mm-hmm. so I think that there's that trust factor both with, you know, your patient, but also with the reader. Yeah, and really, what's the difference, say, between journalism and memoir? This is this. Right. What is the difference? I mean, is it? It's it's literary nonfiction, which means I'm taking some license mm-hmm. to change the story. And yes, I do put a different spin on it. Some of what I have to say is very negative, um, but I don't want to be a miserable, negative naysayer. Exactly. I want to put a positive spin on it, and I do. So a lot of my writing comes full circle. At the end, I'm not trying to be moralistic. I'm trying to be optimistic in a situation sometimes that is pretty dire. But that's a, but that's an, I think it's an excellent restraint to have as well because then you're also as you're as you're producing it, you're also getting your first edited version out, right? You're like I can't put this this way, and it makes you have to work harder as a writer to put it in a way that people will get and that can remove or add the kind of bias that you want implicit in your story. So when you when you write something that is clearly biased, you want it to come out because and I this is this is a the trick that I use. I always like to try to end up as the bad guy in the end or as the or as the because that way I can I can bear the I can bear the brunt of anything anything I said. It was because I'm a jerk and and the last line, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, you're totally a jerk. Yeah. And so I, that's I, satire. Right. I, 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 but I, <laughs> I use that as I use that as a device to keep to keep me honest and to make me work harder to tell the to yeah. tell a more accessible story. I'm in a writing group in Milton called the Milton Workshop, and we've been meeting for three years every other Sunday. And the critique I get from the group constantly is not that I'm outing my characters the people I'm telling the story about, but that I'm not outing myself, Uh, that I don't reveal myself enough. And that's where I'm even more hesitant in writing memoir. Not that other people are going to be upset about what I write about them, but really about the truth I reveal about myself. And I'm very, I think I need to work harder in being okay with who this person is that I'm writing about, which mm. is myself. Right. Well, it sounds, it sounds a little bit like the difference between or the choice between being a reporter or being a storyteller because I don't really think you can be both. I think you have to decide I'm going to report or I'm going to – or this is a story and I am a storyteller. I personally – I'm a character in this story. Right. So – well, I, that, it's it's only partially my experience. I, I didn't I didn't write a lot of stuff in the first person, but um, I, I think that journalism, when it's done well, is supposed to be good storytelling with just no embellishments, you know. And that is that can be hard to do and make it compelling, which is why you know most most of the stuff that you're going to read, like in the newspaper or or most news accounts, are going to be you know eight hundred words. 1500 words again these these short little snippets because i don't think you can i don't think you're going to go very far beyond that without having like you can write 15 uh 1500 words or you can write 10,000 but you're not going to write you know 4,000 words because then you're not telling enough story 
or you're telling too much. Too much. So. Yes. <laughs> so how did you decide to move to uh, to to move to start to get things published? When when did you go from writing for yourself to writing for hopefully an audience? That's a great question. For a long time, I've been writing. I've been writing in a journal at home where I bring a book with me to work and I write down quotes that people say. I might just write down one-liner stories, just little notes. And everybody in my life has told me that I have so many great stories to tell because I've been telling all of these stories out <laughs> right. loud. Right. So I finally decided to write them down when I saw a flyer on a Starbucks billboard that said, finish your damn novel. <laughs> and it had a picture of Hemingway pointing a gun. Right. As if it was pointing at me, I was like, yeah, I got to write this down. And it's not enough just to write anymore. Other people need to see it. There's a reason I'm writing this or, I'm, or I feel it's important. So I joined this workshop and the feedback has been incredible. Everybody's very positive. The critique is very valuable. And they've been the impetus and the push for me to produce something week after week after week that I have to share. Otherwise, maybe I wouldn't do it because I'm not so great at the discipline of writing, sitting down and completing the accountability more than just journaling or more than just jotting down phrases. So the accountability um, and then the um, Devil's Party Press putting these anthologies together with deadlines. I think deadlines really pushed me to get things published. Mm. Um, yeah, it kind of holds your feet to the fire. And that's you know, right. Because it's one thing to write, but then it's like, okay, now what do we do with it? And also, when do we do with it? You know? Exactly. So I think that's, I would, we always talk about deadlines being really important for writers. Very important. Or we'll just drag our feet forever. Right. And not only the deadlines, but the encouragement from other people, writers, mm. who are telling me what I'm doing is worthwhile and people want to see it. Otherwise, I may not have had the gumption to, to put it out to the universe. Mm. So talk a little bit about joining the critique group for the first time. Was that something that, were you really scared? Were you nervous? Were you feeling like, the universe has given me a sign in the in the form of Hemingway with a gun at me. Um, you know, I'm ju I'm just in it to win it. I mean, how was that? How's that experience for you? Well, I was reading The Artist's Way, which is a book encouraging people to be creative, mm. and happened to be reading that at the same time as I saw this Hemingway pointing at a, a gun. So yes, I felt. These are signs. I need to get out there and do it. My first day reading, it was with strangers, 10 of whom were excellent writers. It just happened to be an, an amazing group of people, poets, uh, sci-fiction writers, um, novelists, just an incredible group of all ages. And my first day there, I felt very vulnerable. Why? Because I was revealing something that I had been keeping inside. The story I have to tell, I've been struggling with internally, silently, or in my journals. This was the first time I shared things that I hadn't shared before, and it was in front of strangers, which actually felt safe. Because these aren't people who know me who can judge me. 
Right. So. Or they can judge you, but you don't ever have to I see them care, again. I don't care, right. <laughs> yeah. So the feedback was incredible, like I said, and um, the encouragement, very, very helpful. Good. But yes, it feels vulnerable and scary, but I have no regrets. And so the work, uh, so the, the essays, the pieces that you've written in that workshop, were, were they the ones that then led to being a part of the, the anthologies that have come forward? No, so in the workshop, I'm writing a memoir. And the memoir is essentially a collection of essays regarding myself as a witness in my career as a midwife. Okay. So they're almost all stories about women and birth and also my role as this person in their most intimate space as a stranger myself watching something that's unfolding, a, ma- a story. Right. And these stories that I'm writing are about why I'm that person. Why am I there? Who am I? And in the meantime, while I'm doing this, delivering thousands of babies, literally thousands, I don't have any babies of my own, and I cannot figure out (laughs) what the hell I'm doing (laughs) with my life and why I got set down in that place. So the stories I'm writing are a memoir about my life, how I came to be a midwife, and now about the patients I'm taking care of and who I am to them and what they are to me. Gotcha. So then they were separate pieces that you did in addition to that that then went for the anthologies. For the anthology, I've written separate pieces altogether, usually to whatever the theme of the anthology. Each anthology has had a different theme. Crime was one. Um, Winter was another. Spring was another. And I've written to the theme. All of them are personal memoir stories, truth but not necessarily for my book. Gotcha. Okay. And now, but stringing these separate stories together has got to be, uh, it's got to be at least a little bit of a challenge because it's, it's like, well, you have this piece and you have this piece, but to get from here to there, like, do you want to do it quickly or do you want to take your time doing it? And so, um, are you, are you compiling these, are you compiling these separate essays with the idea that you're going to run a through line or are you running the through line at the same time so you're asking me the very question i haven't come the answer to (laughs) um the through line what's the theme what's the trajectory and where what's the thread i don't know entirely what it looks like it's going to be is a series of essays stories that are related but not necessarily sequentially. Mm-hmm. This isn't a memoir where I talk about my birth yeah. and my childhood and, you know, my college years. This isn't that at all. This is about now, mostly, mm. reflecting on the past. And it's not going to be about my whole life. I don't know what the ending is. Right. right. So I can't write the ending. Sure. Sure. It sometimes I've noticed that in some of the work that I do, I've actually contemplated putting together a collection of essays that I've done. Um, and I, and I notice as I've sort of tried to pull some pieces together, you know, that, I, that idea of a thread or, you know, what would make an essay about, you know, a childhood experience and an essay about, you know, uh, maybe some other thing, like what's going to make them really, what's the thread going to be? Well, clearly I'm in all of them. So 
you're the thread. So <laughs> I, I'm the thread, but I feel like I'm terrible thread. So, yeah. you know, there there has to be something sort of, I think, other than us. And we've got right. to find those as we pull it together. And you hit the nail on the head with that question. Sometimes if somebody were to ask me, what is your book about? I would say, my book is about myself as a midwife. Another time I might say, this book is about maternity in America and how while the rest of the world has reduced their maternal mortality by 50% since 2000, ours is going up. So that might be what I tell people the book is about one day. And the next day I might say, this book is about infertility. This book is about humor and my patience. Right. So every day I might say it's a different thing, but ultimately it's all the same thing. It's about mothers and Carrie and who is Carrie? Mm. Maybe I'm not a mother to children, but I'm a mother nonetheless. Sure. And I'm the mother of all these mothers. That's what the story's about. Yeah. When you're, it's it's always interesting to me to when I read that collected essays like that that you can also, as the reader, I bring I can fill in the dots sometimes. So if you have two stories that are that are close enough to one another, they might not need anything in the middle. That the reader might provide that. So you have almost this series of kind of vignettes where we're like we open on this and we close on that. And it leaves it to the reader to kind of imagine what happens between scene one and scene two. Yes. And they can they can fill it in, you know. I mean, we don't need right. to we don't need to know that you forgot to get eggs that one time. You That's know? right. We don't need all the details. And some of my stories aren't even stories from beginning to end with a middle and some of them are just lists. Like for example, one chapter in my memoir is things that people say they are allergic to. And it's just a list of ridiculous things that people have told me. Right that they have allergies to, that like, I certainly will never be feeding you while you're giving birth. So <laughs> I don't care if you're allergic to dum-dums or right. some candies or um, <laughs> sushi, red was, hot sauce. Yeah, okay. yeah, like I certainly will not be pouring it all over your body when you're giving birth. So right. whole chapters of lists are in my book and mm-hmm. then there's some poetry. Um, one is a missive where I've written a letter, like a Christmas letter mm. you would send, but this is one you would never actually send right. because it's not a happy story. Right. It's the truth. So they're not always stories or essays necessarily, but it's a collection. Yeah, it sounds so like you've speak. got a lot of raw material to work with, and it seems like right now you're sort of, or the way it sounds is that there's all of this raw material for you to kind of kind of sink your teeth in and kind of sculpt and work and it sounds like you're kind of moving that process of moving these materials into what they're going to be that's it I'm in the process of trying to figure out what the format will be and yes there's a lot of raw material and do I need to write a whole story about somebody's quote that says that you know let's say um you know for example that I had a patient on her first OB visit And I asked her what the father of the baby's name was, and she had to look it up on Facebook because she didn't know his last name. Do I have to write a whole story about that, or is that enough? 
And is that a chapter in and of itself? Because it because you we again the the reader brings all of the the reader brings the details to a fact like that. Yeah. So in my book, some of these things are just quotes, literally just a page, one quotation without well, right. l- saying the patient's name. Right. Yeah, I think sometimes it tells you, a story you just, itself. You get the punch. When yeah. when you get the themes um, that you were writing on for the for the Devil's Press, like as soon as you saw the theme, did you know? We were like, okay, this is the story that goes. Or did you have to search around in your head for the the right story to match the theme? The story comes to me right away because um, most of them I've already been writing in my head, in the shower or in the car, on the way to work. They're there because they're true. They've mm-hmm. happened to me. And then the theme and comes in and the story may only narrowly fit the theme Mm -hmm. but it's already there so i haven't had to search hard um and if a theme is pretty broad like winter or very or you know um nature i mean there's if you get a broad enough theme you're going to be able to be like okay i've got these 10 things that i can kind of and then figuring out which one is the best one that you want to put forward you know especially for an anthology because you know if you're an anthology it's not just your work. You're going to go up against, not go up against, I don't mean it that way, but you're going to be appearing next to other talented authors and you want to make sure that you've picked the right piece and that it stands. Stands alone. It stands good. And, and then also can stand next to other talented writers in their pieces. Absolutely. So to your question, the theme was crime. I figured other people would be writing about murder um, maybe breaking and entering, major crimes. I wanted to write about mischief, really, uh-huh. and how sometimes things are criminal acts that are really just mischief. So I wrote a story, a true story, about changing letters on a sign and getting caught. So it wasn't <laughs> a major crime. It was just a little local schmokel but how many people Act have wanted to do that? Of mischief. Yeah. Right. Oh, how many people have gotten caught doing yeah. that? Is it better? <laughs> wanted to do that is easy. I do that all the time. I just don't get caught. How, how, did, how did you not time it so, like, you don't do that at noon? Well, we didn't get caught in the act, but oh. you'll have to read the story to see <laughs> okay. what happened. All right. We ended up making the paper. Oh, I'll wow. tell you that much. Oh, my gosh. And which anthology is that going to be This in? is in the crime anthology the crime that's anthology. coming. It's called Suspicious Activity. Okay. Well, then we will make sure we give that a good plug. And what was it like working with the with the people from from Devil's Press? How was was there a lot of back and forth, or did you submit it and? So Devil's Party Press. Devil's Party Press, excuse me. Um, it's been great working with them, and I think that I'm getting spoiled because unlike other publishers, they'll do a lot of editing. Mm. They'll do a lot of the uh, formatting for me, and I don't think that other publishers will do that. You know, it's as is. If they like your piece as is, they take it. But these guys, uh, Dave and Diane of Devil's Party Press, have been excellent at telling me what to take out, what to leave in, um, basically being cheerleaders for what work I've already done and then editing things and making it better. Mm. I don't think other places will do that, not to mention that 
Other places wouldn't necessarily publish the things I've put out, and they are. They're just taking it and putting it out there for me. Um, and they seem very encouraging and very, very supportive of, of their canon of, of authors. Absolutely. And they're also members of my Milton workshop. And other members of the workshop have been published in the anthology too. Uh-huh. So by being members, I think we kind of get an automatic push into the anthology. But right. that's okay because well, I don't care how I got there. Yeah. Well, also they've seen it. They've seen that it works, yeah. so so they know how it works. Yes. Um, and that pretty much brings us up to the end of of our episode. I do want to ask you, um, what other things you do? Like, are you going to do any signings and things to promote it, or once it comes out, what did you do with the other ones when they came out? Yeah, great question. We've been doing readings uh, with an open mic attached to the end after the release of each anthology. And we've been doing that at a coffee shop in Milton called The Farmhouse. The space is too small, however, uh, because we've ended up with 30 to 50 people coming out, which is great. That's fantastic. All right, Stephanie. Well, now this is the part of the show where you thank the guest. Well, thank you so much, Carrie, for coming and being on the podcast and talking with us. Thank you. So What's Your Story was produced by Saltwater Media, an indie book publisher in Berlin, Maryland. Visit us at SoWhatsYourStoryPodcast.com, where you can find past episodes, guest bios, show notes, and all sorts of fun stuff. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Radio Public, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, take a second and give us a great review. Tell your story.